now as we speak. So we are live here with Tony D. I'm going to hand it to Kate and then I will read his bio and then we're going to jump right in. But Kate, over to you. Yes. Good. Happy Sunday, everyone. Such an honor having Tony here. I can't wait to hear his story. We highlight entrepreneurs that are doing big things and changing the world. So Tony, we're excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here with everybody today, for sure. All right, Dan, go ahead. All right, all right. So I'm going to read Tony's bio here. And I'm going to give a little, there's two updates I'm going to give in the bio. But Tony D. Silvestro, also known as Tony D., has founded over 31 businesses. Now he's up to 32. Currently has over 450 employees in his business. An award-winning entrepreneur, successful real estate investor, franchise owner, and an internationally renowned business and leadership trainer. He's also part of the Virginia Beach Vision Board, which includes the top 125 business hey, owners Garrett, in the area and a member of EO doing tons of things with that organization. He has vast experience involving the restaurant industry, residential and commercial construction, SaaS, training company, manufacturing, global coaching, consulting. He's recognized as Entrepreneur of the Year by Distinction Magazine and awarded Best Concrete Houses 2020 in the world. And he made sure that it's definitely it's the world. Best Concrete House 2020 in the world. We are so excited for Tony to be here. Tony, welcome. Oh, I'm so good. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Great to be here with everybody. And, you know, um, for my life, I've never been one to brag or tell people what I do. So, um, but I love sharing with entrepreneurs and helping them be successful. So that's my whole goal in life now. So. All right, everyone, let's open our mic and welcome Tony, you guys. Hey. What's up, Kate? I'm <laughs> very excited. Thank you. Thank you. Love it. All right, Tony. I, I want to know the the younger version of Tony. Tony, where did you grow up? Yeah, so my my youth was interesting. You know, I grew up in a small town in Jersey on the shore. It was called Wildwood Crest, and um, you know, it was a seashore resort town. And you know, we had a little slogan in our town: it was four months of Harry and eight months of worry. So as a young kid, my parents they my dad was a cop. My they owned my dad owned like uh, rental properties. So as a little kid, five, six years old, I'm cleaning trash cans out after the tenants left every week. And, you know, but, you know, we had to make money in four months or you were out. So at a very young age, I was blessed to grow up in that environment. And, you know, people always ask me, like, how, how did you do this so early in my life? And, you know, I, I was just brought up that way. It was easy. You know, I didn't know any better. They brainwashed me very young. Wow, I love it. I think, Tony, I think your earphone, if you can move it a little bit, there's a little bit of noise. I think when you move, there you go. Okay. That's perfect. So, Tony, what moment from your childhood are you most proud of? I don't know. You know, like working as a kid, like I opened my first business at eight years old. Um, but like I said, growing in that town, what was interesting is, uh, you know, you had to make money. So me and this guy, we just went down to the wholesale candy shop and we said, hey, I bet when people come off the beach, they want to buy candy and bubble gum. And it was bubble yum at that day. I'm aging myself. But uh, so we opened up this little table at the ocean and the ocean run. We started selling wholesale candy for an entire summer. And um, it was just fun. And that's just where my entrepreneurial career started. And, you know, but it was definitely growing up in that environment that really kickstarted my career. 
Do you still remember how much money you made that very first table? <laughs> I don't. I wish I did. You know, but uh, you know, this kid and I used to play Monopoly every day after school, and like you know, so and I used to beat him all the time. And he was like, I had a lot of Jewish friends. He was my, like my first Jewish friend that I had, and he was so mad I beat him in Monopoly every day. And then we started our business together, and so it was fun. I guess from a young age, you know, it was just that competitiveness, you know, that we had. Wow. And what kind of kid are you in high school? You know, in high school, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I don't like in high school, I was like not stimulated at all. And I talk about this all the time. They label all these people today with like ADD and ADHD. And, you know, I'm sure I would have been labeled ADHD. But the thing is, you know, it wasn't until I got to college that I excelled because the, the professors didn't care if you passed or not. And that, that was awesome for me. But in high school, I just needed stimulation and the type of person I'm, I need massive stimulation in my life. And it's just the way I've always been. But so high school bored me to death. So, but um, my, I, it's my senior year, I kicked the butt and then I did really well in college and never finished college though. I, I actually opened my first restaurant before I finished college and dropped out. Wow. Do you think that ADHD, ADD helps you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, I don't, I've never been labeled it. I focus like nobody else. I don't write anything down ever. I never write anything down. And uh, so I don't have a problem with focusing, but I have a daughter that's an entrepreneur now that was fully labeled ADHD. And, uh, but she, she's killing it. She's 23 years old, has a crazy successful business already. She spelled her name backwards as well. We'll get into that later. And, um, but, you know, like I think the same exact thing with her. I don't think she was stimulated in, in high school and college, you know, so that's fun. That's amazing. Now, Tony, any of your family, entrepreneurs, parents? You know, my, my dad was a police officer for 25 years, but he opened up a macrame store. He opened up uh, like rental properties. So he always had that entrepreneurial spirit. He never really called himself an entrepreneur. My mother opened up the macrame store. So she was kind of like an entrepreneur. But, you know, I would, they never, entrepreneur wasn't that term that they used. Hey, we're opening a business. It wasn't the entrepreneurial cliche word, the cliche word today. You know. Wow. Now, take me back the very first day you opened your restaurant. You said you were in college, right? Yeah, in, like? in 1991. I mean, I, I found a location, did a study with the Chamber of Commerce and like found a location. I actually waited two years for this location before I actually pulled the trigger because I found the location, looked at traffic counts, did a lot of due diligence to find the right location. I waited two years and, and the landlord finally called me and said, hey, if you want it, I know you've been waiting two years. So then I opened it up. I was this cocky kid from New Jersey and I opened it in Virginia Beach. And uh, so it was really awesome. I, I had all these signs on my window, on the windows in Virginia Beach. I said, hey, if you want real pizza, this is the only place you'll find it. And, you know, Pizza Hut, been when they won best uh, pizza in Virginia Beach forever. And I won the first year and I've, I've been best pizza, best Italian food for 28 years since then. Wow. What are some of the learnings that very first business? I mean, uh, I could imagine in college and how is that like running the first year? Uh, you know, run the first year. I had 10 employees the first year. You know, my goal was to do $10,000 a week after, by the end of the first year. The first week I did in business, I did $8,000. The second week I did $10,000. And I was overwhelmed. Everybody was, I mean, I was working 100 hours a week and never took a day off for the first seven years. And, you know, as, as a young entrepreneur, I didn't know what it was. I was a technician. I wasn't an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people out there today are technicians and they don't really understand what it is to be an entrepreneur until you perfect delegation. And it took a long time for me to perfect delegation, but I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a mentor. And I think that's probably the one thing that I think as in the beginning of as my, me being an entrepreneur, I wish I would have had that coach. I wish I would have 
had a mentor to say, somebody to say to me, hey, you need to speak with this guy. He needs to coach you through this business. Oh, love it. So knowing what you know now, what would you do differently aside from hiring a men mentor or having a coach? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I would do anything that people ask me this question all the time. Like, what do you, what would you change? What do you regret? I said, I don't, I don't regret a day of my life because I wouldn't be the person I am today without those things that happened to me, the failures I've had in my life. I would, I wouldn't, I, I would be a totally different person if I didn't have that. Wow. And if you could share me, Tony, what are some of the most challenging experience while running a business that you've had to overcome? Um, you know, obviously cash flow is definitely one of the biggest problems in businesses. You know, you have to know your numbers. So cash flow, we've had some times where I've taken multiple risks and, you know, I, I, I believed in people, put partners in the business with me and I believed them and, and they failed. They started doing crazy stuff like drugs and, and, you know, doing crazy stuff and I lost the business, but I made an emotional decision with these people because I cared about them and I put them in business. But, you know, when you lose a half a million dollars twice in your life, you start to get a little bit tougher skin and start to make a little more clear decisions, you know, and, and not that I'm not a risk taker. I mean, I'm crazy risk taker, but um, I, I definitely look at the individuals that I surround myself a little bit closer now. Wow. That's awesome. And you founded 31 businesses, six active businesses. How do you make it happen? A lot of people are struggling running one business. Tony can't even lift that that parachute right there. It's just stuck in the cliff. I'm like I'm a like I I hate to say this, but I, I always tell everybody that I'm crazy. And my daughter, that's a, an entrepreneur, she's like, "Dad, you have to stop saying you're crazy. To start telling people you're blessed." I um I just I have a crazy knack and the ability to just really process and and keep everything together and understand. It's like wearing multiple hats, but I can do I wear multiple hats with businesses. So in one hour, I have I put my construction hat on. The next hat, I put my franchise hat on. The next hat, I put my my building hat on, and I'm able to just take a hat off and clearly see everything I need to do for that business that day and that hour and whatever I'm doing. Oh, I love how you're, you're, you're still doing the, the, um, the food industry. Is that correct? And that's like the hardest business to dive into because of the low margin. I think pizza is different, but no. go ahead. You're right. You're right. And pizza, the food business is crazy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in a military town. These people get out of the military after 20 years and they're like, I want, they want to open a restaurant. I'm like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> you know, I was brainwashed into the restaurant business. I started at 15 years old making pizza and I was kind of brainwashed in, didn't know any better. You know, I always wanted to be in Wall Street running a Fortune 500 company. And I probably would have been in some in economics. Economics was my favorite class in school. And I think I would have been in Wall Street or doing something like that. But I ended up in the pizza business. And, you know, but what what it, I realized is the reason I was in the pizza business, I didn't realize this for a long time, but I was in the food business because I love people. Um, and the food business is a people business. And I know all businesses are people business, but you really get intimate with your employees and a different level employee in the restaurant industry. And you can really create upper mobility with your employees. And that's who I am. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think I, what I love about the pizza business is it's so simple. You can, you can automate it with just two employee and keep it four different, um, offering with their pepperoni, do you sell Hawaiian? Is that what is that a top? <laughs> I do not like fruit on my no fruit on my pizza. I can't stand it. But I mean, my restaurants have sixty to seventy employees per restaurant, so we're, we're full scale Italian restaurants. Uh, pizza is about thirty percent of our business, so um, we have very big restaurants. But we're just uh, opening up an express uh, concept as well. 
Wow, awesome. So, uh, Tony, what is the profit margin for a, a regular pizza store? You know, you're looking at it, so I'll talk EBITDA. So, earnings before depreciation. Uh, if you don't know what EBITDA is, you definitely want to know that if you're in business. Uh, so, we're looking for anywhere from 15 to 20% margin on EBITDA. And that's and after that, royalties. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, if I can hit 15% after royalties, you know, our royalties at 5% in our franchise world. So, I mean, if I can hit 15%, then you're, you're doing really well. Yeah, that's amazing knowing yeah. that 11% is about the national average of profit margin across industry. So you're hitting towards 15 and 20. I go for 20. I don't open a business under 20% right. because you have to. You need to right. have, you have to have more legroom. Now, Tony, um, can you name a person who has had a tremendous impact on you as a leader? Wow, I don't I don't think about that that much. Um but like probably my grandfather, um, my grandfather, when I was 21 years old, I had asked for a loan to open my restaurant and I needed $60,000 and he owned a hotel. He's my step grandfather only for like three years. And um, my father and my mother, none of them would lend me any money. Nobody believed in me. And my step grandfather came to me the one afternoon and put a $60,000 check on my table. And, and without him, I would never accomplish anything I did today i mean I, I owe him my life god rest his soul but uh he was an amazing man lived in 96 and just a pure entrepreneur and just he believed in me i, I had a passion he loved it and he saw it i love it now yeah. think of someone who cares deeply for you what would they say your purpose is um to help others for sure i am my, my whole passion in life is to help and especially entrepreneurs and that's what drove me to coaching 20 years ago um, I have a crazy passion to help entrepreneurs and I can get further into that. Like how I came home a lot uh, about six years ago and didn't understand the purpose of life at all. And I was coming home every day to my wife and I didn't know why I was on the earth. I'm like, gosh, I can do everything. Why am I here? What is that? Like I wasn't, I guess this is a simulation thing. And I went to a university and I taught entrepreneurship for an entire semester, took 20 kids through an entire business plan actually put three of them in business um these young kids are still in business today and i came home after the first class and i told my wife i truly found my purpose in life and my purpose in life is to help people succeed and become amazing entrepreneurs i love it now tony i know you're in a forum how is the forum or being in a mastermind help you as as an entrepreneur and as a person yeah, so we're talking about EO, if nobody knows what we're talking about. So we're talking about EO. EO is an entrepreneur organization. It's all over the world. And the best thing about a forum is if, uh, if you don't understand EO, EO is not coaching, right? So it's just being with your peers. And I tell everybody, and there's one thing you definitely need to have a coach in your business. That I think it's the most valuable thing you can do. But the second piece is EO, being part of organizations. I'm on a bunch of boards, but EO is like you're with your peers. You can talk about anything. And there's nobody has an attitude or an ego in there and really, really helps you. So surrounding yourself in different boards and, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you is probably the most critical thing that I teach everybody. So, and that's what EO does for you. Thank you, Tony. And Tony, one last question before I'm going to hand it to Dan for the Q and A. How do you want to be remembered? I want to I want to be remembered as the person all over the world. I want to speak all over the world and I want to be the person that really helped entrepreneurs succeed because that's uh, for me when I drive past the business that closed uh, everybody was like, "Oh, Johnny's closed." And I'm like, "Oh, Johnny that just spent $400,000 of his livelihood just lost everything. And Johnny's going to take 20 years to recuperate, get back on his feet." And I it, it drives me crazy when I see businesses close and if I can do anything in this world, I want to help others 
also being a great father and a great husband, but you know, but in the business world, definitely I want to see if I can help every entrepreneur be more successful. Thank you so much, Dan. All right. Thank you, Tony. This is incredible. I just want to make sure everyone knows because I know some people popped in, but this is Tony D. Silvestro. Tony D. Silvestro.com. That's D I S I L V E S T R O.com if you want to check out more as we're talking here. So make sure you check him out on social media. You can follow him here, follow him there. Uh, Tony D. Silvestro. He has over now 32 businesses, over 450 employees. He had the number one home in 2020. That's incredible. In the world. Concrete. So, the number one concrete home in the world in 2020. I definitely want to dig in here on that. I want to talk a little bit about the franchising, and then we're going to open it up here uh, for people that have questions. So please get your questions ready. We're going to open them up. But Tony D, he's been doing business for quite some time. Uh, I don't want to say he's like an OG, but he's an OG in business. He's done all different types of businesses, many different industries. So I'm sure he can help answer your questions. But Tony, can you start by telling us, share us about what is this house and how did you get the number one concrete house in the world? And what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, I've been building for like 20 years and I had this ICF concept house. Um, it's all concrete, insulated concrete forms. And I... um. I, you know, I studied it for 10 years. And then when I went to build my own house, I said, I'm building an ICF house. And I've never built them before. So I, I said, heck, I'm going to do it. So I built this house and end up getting an, entered into a reward, award ceremony in Vegas. I was like, it was like a thousand people in the room. All these builders have been building ICF homes for like 30 years. And my house gets nominated. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm winning. And all of a sudden I win the best house in the world. And the house last the year, previous year was from Germany. And I'm like, there's no way I got all emotional, start crying. And I'm like, like and the guy next to me is like, how the hell did you do that? You've never built one before. So it's just fun. I'm just a, I'm a detailed process and procedure person. So, you know, that's what building is and, and that's what business is. So I love it. Um, construction's my love. Um, it's like doing yoga for me. Uh, so my construction business is yoga. It just, I don't have to think when I do it. So I love that. Thank you. So make sure that you are pressing that plus symbol. Let's get more people in this room. So invite them in, get some friends in here. We got live across social. So Tony, a lot of people don't go into business when they don't understand it. It sounds like you, you run a little bit differently and it's worked. So how do you go into business when you don't really know too much about that business? Like you just mentioned, you were not the expert in these homes, but you became the expert. And you have all these people that are experts, and yet you are still able to accomplish uh, something even better. So how do you do that? Yeah, you know, this is – I, I love what you just brought up because it's one of my things in business. And when people think they could be entrepreneurs, like I said, I'm in a military town, and they, unfortunately these people get out of the military, and the military trains them that they can be entrepreneurs. They think they're all going to be entrepreneurs when they come out of the military to train people in the world. I went to a four-star general, and I said to him, I said, hey, general, I said, you know, I sat up for 45 minutes to a meeting. And he said to me, he goes, yeah, every one of my men are going to be great entrepreneurs. I said that for 45 minutes. I said, you know what, General, let me ask you a question. I said, I'm going to join the military next week. And I said, in two months, I want to fly an F-18. And he goes, oh, son, that takes an immense amount of training. I said, then stop telling people they can be entrepreneurs when they come out of the military. Because entrepreneurship is something you have to learn. When you open a business, it, you're too vulnerable. You'll lose your livelihood that quick. So I tell everybody, you want to open a restaurant? Go wash dishes for six months. You want to be a contractor? Go pick up nails. Go sweep the floors. And I said, I don't care if you're the, you think you're the best person in the world. You need to learn from that. I, I ran 25 different restaurants before I opened my first one. 
you know, and in construction, I did the same thing. I used to take nails out of two by fours with my dad when he was building when I was a kid, you know, so that's why I, I, I study everything I do and make sure because, you know, when you lose your first business, you'll learn that you have to be very diligent on the process and procedure. Would you say that's why you have gone into many different industries? It doesn't sound like you, I know you were successful at restaurants and then you decide to open up 10 more different types of restaurants. It sounds like you really span multiple industries. What do you say to people that are, have really stuck with only one thing? Do you suggest or do you recommend that people go to different types of revenue, different types of businesses? So I think, I think what you're saying is critical, right? So I, I think some people go from the original business they start and they jump too soon. I think you have to master the business you're in, at least get it to 95%. I mean, I never want to master any business because I'm always want to grow. But the thing is, I think you need to get to that 90, 95%, making sure you're delegating until you can work on your business instead of in it. If you're still, an, if you're still a technician, you need, to, you need to really realize what you need. You need to learn how to delegate, stop being a technician, become an entrepreneur. Once you become an entrepreneur in the business you're in, now you can go invest in another business. And that's the key part. So what I've learned over my 38 years in business is that I know now what it is to become an entrepreneur, but not just a technician. Yeah, that's that's great. We were um, we were just talking through this as well that, hey, you can you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You could just be a technician and that's OK with that. Right. It's okay. So how do you how how would somebody know? Because I know you've done coaching all around the world. You've spoken all around the world and you talked about, you know, people coming out of the military and everyone wants to be an entrepreneur as well. How does somebody know? Or when should they decide to actually go all in and take that risk? You know, I, I, when I teach entrepreneurship in the universities, I tell the students, I said, there's two things that I'm not sure. You have to be able to fail and take a risk. So I make them raise their hands. And everybody says, who in here likes to take a risk? Everybody raise their hand. I said, who in here likes to fail? And you'll get two hands up. I'm like, everybody else, leave the room. So <laughs> I, there's, you have to have that in you. You have to be that risk taker. You have to have it in your soul to take that risk. I know so many people that I think would be phenomenal entrepreneurs, but they, they'll get to the edge of the cliff and they'll never jump off. And you have to be able to jump. And I tell everybody the best thing about taking a risk and failure is you know, when we fail as entrepreneurs, we, it excites me. Oh, hell, I, I learned a lot today. I'm going to get back up off my feet. I'm going to be better tomorrow. I live my life. I want to be better than yesterday every single day of my life. So it's, failure is an opportunity for me. Opportunities are uh, solutions. You know, opportunities create solutions. Solutions create results. Results create uh, ROI. So that's how I live my life every day. Wow, incredible. I've been at the cliff five times and I couldn't jump. Kate here is way better at jumping than I am. I definitely have that problem. Um, so I can totally relate. And this is incredible. And I wanted to shift gears a little bit because I know you mentioned how processes and procedures is something that you're really big into. And I think not everyone really gets those dialed in. Hence, they can't, like you mentioned, work above the business. They're always stuck in the business. They're always stuck in the kitchen, in the restaurant. They can never get out of the actual restaurant, right? right. Just using that as a, an example. But talk to us through how do you build those systems and processes? And how did you, like, how did it, how did you figure out one day, like, this is something I need in order to scale? Because obviously with the franchise, uh, you need those, right? That's, you know, that's a big reason why they're getting your franchise. So can you walk us through? I know I threw a lot at you. No, no, I understand. Systemize your system. That's basically what you said. Uh, systemizing your system, right? So if you want to scale a business, 
that is where I start every time. Okay, let's talk about your system. How are we doing this? So even in the restaurant industry, right? I have to know when I garnish a plate, what does that cost? How are we doing this? Uh, when you sweep a floor on a construction site, why and how are you sweeping that floor? What is the purpose of it? So I teach what the why. So my companies are why not a lot of mitts, Tony backwards. So I'm like, what is the why? What is the why in what you're doing? So explaining that why to every single person, but it's also SOPs, documentation, everything, and your training. Training is critical, right? So if you want to create a system and franchisable, your training systems have to be phenomenal. So why do you think then that people think it's really sexy when they talk about marketing and sales, but they don't really, like you open up a room about operations and two people will show up. Everyone wants to go talk about marketing and sales and, and social media, but they don't really want to talk about this. But it seems like this is one of the most important things you can do to really build up your business. Why do you think that is? Here, so where I'll go with there, so I, I developed my own training company, so it's called Employee Launch, right? So I build a training company out of frustration, right? Because I want to get my employees, I'm systemizing my companies, right? But the thing is, you need the proper training systems to be able to create that. So with marketing, marketing is interesting, right? So I drive my people crazy. So I work on branding and I develop my brand. So my brand, my restaurant company is family, quality, and community. And every piece of my marketing, I have to have two of my three pillars in every piece of marketing I do. But here's the piece in marketing most people don't realize. I'm ROI marketing, right? I need to know the ROI before I do any marketing, but I never do any marketing before training. Training is first, then marketing. Most people do marketing, then training. I never do that. If I, I've dealt with agencies from Canada to California to everywhere, and every marketing company wants to build you a campaign, and they don't worry about the operational piece, and that's why businesses fail. They waste so much money on marketing, and when I walk into a business and I'm coaching a business, that's the first place I go because that's the easiest way to get more revenue in your business because you define the brand, you develop the training system, and then you market your business, and then you create the sale. Wow, it seems so simple, but it makes sense. If you drive people to a phone call and you can't close them on the phone call, you don't know how to do any of that. I mean, really, you just wasted a lot of your time. So it's not uh, always Dan, or it's not yeah. like you drive all this traffic, but your your team can't handle the traffic. And then that's when it ruins the whole branding and experience. So what is the point of you spending on marketing? You don't have the team that can execute the demand. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, so many businesses don't even realize it, though. They start blaming it on the marketing company, but it's really the operational piece that's where they're losing. And that's what it is. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Um, I have about two more minutes of questions, then we're going to open it up maybe one cool. minute. But before I do that, I want to know, can you tell us the story behind Why Not? <laughs> the name Why Not? Yes, the name. Yeah. Yeah, so my name, why not? So I came home like as a kid when we were in school when they actually taught handwriting. Um, I had to put my name on the right side of the paper to address a letter. So I put T-O-N-Y on the left side. Then when I had to switch to the right, I put the T on the edge of the paper. Like, okay, put the T on the edge of the paper and write Tony. So I put the T on the edge of the paper and wrote Y-N-O-T backwards. So I come home, my mom is like, what the heck is why not? 
and I did it for like a week. And so, and then it stuck with me the rest of my life. So when I went to go open a restaurant, I was 19 years old. I remember like it was yesterday and I had like 15 names and, uh, you know, the boss that I was with that day and he goes, what the heck is why not pizza? And uh, he goes, I'm like, Oh, that's my name backwards. He goes, you have to do it. So, you know, and it just turned out and I, why not build? I, why not bakery? I've, I've opened so many different why not things. But the funny part of the story is my daughter opened up a jewelry company and her name is Victoria. And all of a sudden she comes home one day and she's like, Hey dad, she's like, I'm going to open my jewelry company. And I'm like, what's the name of it? She goes, it's a Rothsit. I'm like, wow. I said, that's a beautiful name. I said, it sounds French. She's like, what's wrong with you, dad? It's my name backwards. I was like, I should have known this. It's like, it's just part of what we do in our family. But she's cool. And like, you know, the name Why Not, you know, the best part about Why Not is the kids love it in my business. And yeah, the kids are like, where are we going? Why not? And half the people don't even know it's Tony. And the kids know it. The kids can see it. It's And it, what I've learned from teachers, it's a thing called mirroring, where kids can see backwards. And it's pretty interesting. But um, I don't know. So I don't know. I'll probably open up another 10 businesses named Why Not, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, if it's, why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, if it's, why not? Hey, where are we going to dinner tonight? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? I want yeah. pizza tonight. I have to say, why not name, like, put a, a special place to Dan and I. There's a, there's a bar in Florida, but it's not a good experience, but it's very hilarious. So I'll never forget about why not. I don't want to ruin your branding in there. Uh, you're not Except ruining my branding. Yeah, there you go. Back to I you, Dan. It. Don't worry, they sold many years ago, so they changed the name to, from Why Not. But uh, I but it was, made them, I probably made them change the names. So. Maybe <laughs> cease and desist. They they yeah. changed the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to dive in real quick. I know we're we're about twenty four minutes, so uh, and we'll open it up here. I know some people have some questions, and there might be somebody here that's actually known you from when you were a kid. Really, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, why did you want to franchise? I mean, franchise always sounds incredible. And then you hear the great stories and then you hear the nightmare stories. So I'd love to hear from you, though. Why did you want to franchise right. and what do you think that's done for your business? So, right. So there's uh, like 3,800 franchises in North America. And, you know, there's like 400 that open a year and 400 that close a year. Right. So, but the failure rate in franchising is a lot lower. So I didn't even plan on franchising. I opened my business. I was 23 years old, my restaurant, and I trademarked the name right away. I had logo shirts. So from the beginning, everybody asked me if it was a franchise, but then about 10 years, 15 years in, I said, Hey, I said, I went to a conference and which I recommend for everybody doing your industry. Uh, I went to a conference and I'm like, Hey, I want to do partnerships. And I was at a booth and the guy's like, why don't you franchise your company? I said, well, I don't have any interest in franchising. And I said, but I want to systemize my company because franchise is the best way you can do it. And I'll tell you, I mean, it was a hundred thousand dollars when I first did it. And it was the best thing I ever did. And about six years ago, I said, Hey, we're just going to start selling these and get ramped up. And I took a bit about two years ago, I took a step back and I said, Hey, I want to develop my, my training system and my inventory systems, right. To make that happen. And I have a really quick story. I don't want to get off on tangent, but like the other day I saw, heard a stat from Apple and Starbucks. I don't think most people realize they've been in business. Like Apple's been in business 45 years and Starbucks is 50 years. And I don't think people realize it. And Apple, Steve Jobs would say like, yeah, I love being that startup that just took off right away. We were so successful from day one. I don't think people realize how much work it takes to develop a franchise in a major company. These companies just don't start overnight. I mean, the amount of work that we put into our systems is, is an immense amount of work, but it's the most rewarding thing because you cannot duplicate a business without those systems. And that's what franchising does. And that it forces you to do that. 
Yeah, that's incredible. I think it might have been from EO where they they show this. Uh, they show the trajectory of like Apple, Starbucks, and like you're saying, it was like 30, 40 years, and all of a sudden there was like an explosion of stores. Right. But it took so long to for them to get to that point, and it was a pretty, you know, a small, considerably company that it was a, just that that huge upswing. No doubt, no doubt, it's a pretty cool stat. If you should read the story, it's amazing. But I look at myself and my restaurant franchise uh, business is in business 28 years, and we're getting ready to explode. I hired a whole C-suite during COVID. And uh, just pivoted hard, and uh, you know we're we've been prepared, and we're ready to go. Love that, love that. So we'll open it up now to Q and A, and we're actually going to end the live here, Tony, uh, as we go to Q and A. So, okay. um, but this is Tony D Silvestro, T O N Y. That's Tony D I S I L V E S T R O dot com. If you go to Tony D Silvestro dot com, in case you want to hear more. Find out more as we are going. I think you might have some of your family in the audience as well, by the way. Oh, I think they're uh, listening for sure. So that's cool. Um, that's awesome. I don't know if we've had family in the room before. So they're that's really cool. They're all entrepreneurs. That's so. great. I love that. Um, this is really fantastic conversation, Tony. You've done so many incredible things. We're going to open up to Q&A. But over 32 businesses had the top construction house in the world 2020 in the world so many great things that you've done and you weren't even i guess consider yourself an expert in that field yet but you still did it and you were successful so i think you really inspired a lot of people out there uh to just take the leap and go in once they're ready once they're ready i want you to take that leap get to that edge again <laughs> hey That's dan before we're gonna go tony where can they find you what's your social site they go to if they want to do business with you have questions for you Tell us where can they find you? Yeah, TonyDSylvestro.com. I'm right there. They can DM me. They can go to my Instagram, Tony D Talks. I'm on Instagram. Um, never was on Instagram a lot, but I'm I'm all over Instagram. Clubhouse has really helped me with that. So, uh, Tony D Talks is cool. And then I'm on LinkedIn as well as Tony D Silvestro. So I'm all over the place. So I'm pretty easy to find. Look for the ball guy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. Yes. Yeah, so if you're interested in why not franchise. Go to Tony D. Silvestro. Go to his social media. Check him out. Uh, I know he's got training, mentoring, coaching, as well as many other things that he's doing. So definitely send him a message. I'm sure that he will respond. And we're going to open up now to Q&A. And as we're doing that, uh, make sure that you 